0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you formally to the Rise Together podcast, a podcast that has never been nominated for anything, (laughs) but should be. Uh, We have two awesome human beings joining us today. Uh, If you are raising humans, if you are a human who is productive at all in society, you depend on the work that these two people do. They're teachers, y'all. They are teachers of small people. And they're doing good work, but they also do some other things we wanted to have them come on. So welcome Wade and Hope King to the Rise Together podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much. We are so thrilled to be able to chat with you guys today.
0: Absolutely. Very, very excited.
2: Um, I feel like
1: we have to start. I
2: always love to start when I actually know the people that we're interviewing. I want to start with like our favorite moment together, which has to be when I came to speak at y'all's conference. And there was a moment where uh, you guys were like, oh, hey, can you come to the back of the room? We're going to take a picture before we open the doors. And just to give you guys, uh, listeners, a a visual of what happened, um, (laughs) how many people attend Get Your Teach On? How many many attendees do you have?
1: We had 4,500 educators this summer.
2: And just so you, in case you're not a teacher, what I learned from this experience is that teachers are... Free,
0: Freak flag.
2: I mean, it was their summer and they were living their lives and they were so excited. So the energy was palpable. So you've got like DJ playing this music and everyone's lined up waiting to come into this room. Forty five hundred people. And they're like, we're just going to take a quick picture in the back of the room before we open the doors. So I go to the back of the room. We're all taking pictures. Oh, I mean, We haven't even been there, you know, six minutes. And somehow... You know, we'll call it the devil. I don't know. Somehow there, there's like word open, <laughs> open the doors. <laughs> so all the doors open, and there stand forty five hundred teachers who've been waiting to come into this room, and they see us at the back of the room, thinking, rightfully so, oh, it's a surprise, Rachel Hollis. You know, the Kings. They're they're hanging out in the back of the room. They're ready to take a photo. And all, it's slow motion in my mind of, like, the deafening roar. These thousands of people who start sprinting at us. And Wade being like, no! <laughs> run! And there are the funniest freaking pictures you've ever seen in your oh. life of us sprinting while thousands of teachers chase us to the back of the room.
1: Bless. Those teachers were hype. I mean, they were... The hypest group that we've ever had, and funny story, Rachel. You know that night you gave um your bo- your birth story right to yep. a room of forty five hundred educators, and um somehow I don't know how we're twins in this life, but I had the same exact birth story. Um, we won't even go into details of the hundred plus <laughs> of the hundred plus stitches. Um, but I, you know, I had had the baby five weeks prior to that, so I wasn't even cleared for exercise. I was barely walking at this point, and here we are like sprinting to the back of the yes. auditorium.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> (laughs) We will never forget. We've been to war together. One of my best moments. I
0: was not there, and Wade was feeding me like (laughs) reconnaissance videos of everything that you've just described. And I was like, wait a second. I thought you were going to talk in a (laughs) conference. Like, I got a a video of this event at one point, and I was like, no, no, no. Y'all threw a rave. Yeah, I agree. There was a rave going on.
1: They were living Look, their lives. I mean, you know, if you if teachers can't be excited about the work that we're doing and we can't get them excited to be in the classrooms, then what's the point, right? Amen.
2: I'm Rachel Hollis.
0: And I'm Dave Hollis.
2: And we're married.
0: For like 15 years.
2: And we have four kids.
0: That's like a thousand kids.
2: We've been foster parents to four kids as well.
0: And we're running a business together.
2: That's a lot of things.
0: It is a lot of things.
2: But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life.
0: So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things,
2: this is Rise Together. Well, so, so talk to us about when did you guys make the shift or when did you start sort of dreaming about doing something? You were teachers, you are teachers, but when did you start thinking about something more?
3: Well, I think it's just kind of always been ingrained in us to, I mean, as educators, you get an education as corny as it sounds to change the world and to make an impact on the world. And And Hope and I come from very different backgrounds on how we were raised, and um, uh, Hope Hope comes from a home that she had both parents there, and um, she worked really hard, and I come come from a background where um, I was abused, and I was homeless, and I was neglected, but we both ended up at the same spot for the same reason, to give back to kids, and give back to teachers, and to serve in the best way we knew how, and I think it was pretty much after probably our third or fourth year of teaching that we were like, you know what? we've got to step, we've got to do more. What else can we do? We've been given everything that we have. What can we do and how can we make this impact? And I think it started pretty much with that first. And then it just kind of morphed into what we have right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, same for me. I just think back to, you know, growing up, I kind of always wanted to be a teacher, but at the same time, people would always say to me, because I was always extremely motivated as a high school athlete, a college athlete, and people would always say, You Are you sure you want to be a teacher? Like my dad even tried to talk me into being an engineer because I loved math. And everybody would say, but just a teacher? And I would say, yes, a teacher. I want to change this world. And honestly, that truly starts in the classrooms with these kids. And I always knew when people would say that to me, I would always in my mind be like, yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you what it means to be a teacher and what kind of teacher I'm going to be. And so honestly, from the start, it was just something that we just felt so passionate about our jobs. And to us, it wasn't even just work. It wasn't just a job. And we were like, all right, how can we spread this passion? How can we get other educators on board and excited about this profession? So that's kind of how it all started.
0: So if you're not a teacher and you're listening to this podcast right now, you are familiar with the idea of teachers, you, you had them, you maybe have kids now that are in school and you are going to a back to school night or you're getting an email from someone who's letting you know about homework. I will admit, as a parent, uh, I, um, of course, I'm aware of the fact that my kids' teachers are humans. Uh, I mean, I know that that is true, but I, I don't know that I've given a ton of thought of what it is to be a teacher or what they process, what like the hard days feel like and as you guys are like building a community and building resources to pour into teachers, what are the things for those of us that aren't teachers that you wish that we understood that are the the things that are universally the you know, challenging day kind of problems that a teacher ends up running into?
3: Yeah, I mean, Dave, I mean, there's, there's a lot,
0: <laughs> number
3: <laughs> one, but... Teachers don't get into teaching for the money, obviously, and I think everyone knows that. But at the, at the root of all teachers, I think every, every teacher loves children and they, they love young people because if they didn't, they wouldn't have invested their whole entire life into doing that. And so as a parent, if you're not familiar with education or if you're not up to date on what teachers go through, I mean, if you think about it, teachers wake up when, when it's dark outside. They go home a lot of the time when it's still dark outside. A lot of educators in America, they're on some type of anxiety or depression medication because they're so invested in what they've been called to do. And so I I think about it and I'm like, you know what, what's the one thing parents could do? Just say thank you, because, I mean, there's no replacement for a parent. But these kids are with us from Monday to Friday, sometimes longer than they are at home. And so understanding that, understanding Yes, uh, just like you said, teachers aren't perfect. Educators aren't perfect, but they're trying as hard as they can in the most valuable and intentional way uh, possible to pour into to students every single day. Making it number one, making it engaging is super difficult, especially with all of the technology that we have right now. And so, not only are they trying to engage students, but they're trying to connect that content with what's going on. And so. Um, it's, it's a lot. Education has changed um, and we're trying to revolutionize it. We're trying to make it exciting for kids. And it, it starts with us communicating that with the kids so they can go home and tell their parents, hey, this is what we did in class today. This is how we were so excited about what our teacher was conveying to us, because a lot of us going through school, it wasn't a positive experience. And we, we can't help that. That's not our fault as adults. But we have to change that narrative. Um, and it starts with us communicating that with the students The student's going home and telling that to their parents as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say to always assume the best of your teachers and to recognize that, like Wade said, you know, educators are pouring into children every single day. However, in the educational world and realm and in the world in general, educators are always being given these bad raps for different things. And, you know, everybody looks at education and the the problems that are going wrong. And oftentimes we blame other educators. We blame the educational system. And so we have to remember, you know, I think one of the most important things that people could do to help education is to truly celebrate teachers, cheer them on, be in their corner, back them up, support them, Because that is what is lacking. And, you know, think about in life, if you're a coach for a sport, for a team, if you want your players to be the best they can be, you are going to motivate them. You're going to try to inspire them. What if the world did that for education, for teachers always assumed the best of what was happening in those classrooms and really, you know, poured into the teachers who are then pouring into the next generations, our future doctors, our next president, you know, all of these roles that they're eventually going to be taking care of us one day, y'all. So, you know, think about that and think about how we can support teachers and really cheerlead. And, and like I said, be in their corner, because that's what's lacking for so many educators. And as Wade mentioned, that's what puts so much stress on those teachers. And if you have a stressed teacher, you're also going to have stressed students. Right. So we've got to figure out a way around that. And that's how we're trying to get teachers to be excited about this job and excited about this profession and to celebrate them the way they deserve to be celebrated. Right.
2: When did you guys make the decision to uh, because I don't I don't know if you started with the conference or you started with other things, but like where did this idea come from? I guess first explain to listeners who aren't familiar with you already what you do beyond your teaching careers and then like what was the journey to get there?
1: So Wade and I have kind of tapped into a lot
3: of different yeah, things. A lot of different things. We're always,
1: we're always, you know, searching for the next thing, the next way that we can make a difference or be the change. And so um, Wade and I have, we are co-authors of the book The Wild Card. And um, that's where we kind of tell our stories. As Wade mentioned earlier, he tells his story and his background. I tell my story and my background and kind of how we ultimately are two different people but striving for the same goals. Um, along with the book, I started a conference with one of my educator friends, Deanna Jones. It is called Get Your Teach On. And um, honestly, how this all came to be is Deanna and I back several years ago, probably about four years ago at this point, we were at an educational conference and we were going from session to session. And, you know, for some reason, the way the conference was set up, the way that it was established, it was not speaking to my soul. Like I wasn't leaving there. Like I can't wait to get back in the classroom. Oh my goodness. I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And I'm going to put this into place. And so as we were sitting by the pool in Vegas, because you know, Vegas is where (laughs) all the best ideas happen. Yeah. Right. And so we're sitting by the pool in Vegas and we're like, There has to be more. There has to be a different way to get teachers on fire for this profession. And so um, that's when we said, you know what? We've We've got to start this. We've got to start this fire that we feel inside of us. We know there's a need for it. We know there's nothing out there quite like this. Let's start a conference. And I promise you, like I said, when I when I dream up something. When I feel something, I just go after it. And right there at the pool, I went ahead. We, we named it. We said, it's going to be called Get Your Teach On. I bought the domain. I had you know the website ready to go. I had the logo created. And we said, you know what? Even if we have 200 educators at our first conference, that's going to be incredible. That's 200 educators multiplied by the students that they're going to teach throughout their career. And if we can impact that, think of the, the mark that we can make. And so at our first conference, we had about 250 educators. And within three years, it just shows that there was a desire, that there were more educators out there feeling that same thing that I felt, looking for something more. There has to be something bigger. And um, this past summer, we had 4,500 educators at our conference. We're hosting regional conferences throughout the year where we'll have about 1,500 to 2,000 teachers. And then this summer, we're going to be in Orlando and we are striving for um, 5,500 educators. And so that's kind of how this all came to be and just out of a passion that we had. And it was a flame and we decided to fan that flame. And, you know, yeah. now it's on fire. We,
3: yeah. We, we just saw there was a need, just like Hope said, and and teachers are just craving to be celebrated and, and, and go be able to go back to their classrooms to be able to actually use these strategies and engage their students. And what better way to do that than ignite a fire underneath them and, and bring it to them. And it's, it's just been a, roller coaster it's all kind of happened out of nowhere but when it does you just roll with it it doesn't matter what what's ahead of you or what you have to sacrifice when when we fully believe when people are needing something they show you and they, and they tell you and, and and that's what we're here for that we're here to serve and it's hard sometimes but um the, it's definitely benefiting and paying off and thousands and thousands of, of children are being impacted directly from from what what we're trying to do in education so
2: So rad. I I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't the point of this conversation, but I want to point out something that Hope did that I think is really powerful for listeners. You made a decision and then you acted on it while you were still in the state that the decision was made in. So this is something really powerful that happens for a lot of people. You go to, let's say, a personal growth conference, or you decide to run your first 5K. You do something that makes you feel excited and passionate and hopeful, and, and you get really fired up. You got this fire in your belly, and, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to fill in the blank, right? You, you make a decision. You're like, I would love to do this thing. A lot of people will make that choice and then go home from Vegas, Then they get back home and there's bills and there's traffic and there's laundry and there's rent due and they lose the momentum for the idea. And so what you did, it sounds like just sort of instinctively is you decided I'm going to do this thing and you made the decision and you committed and you moved on it while you were still in that state of mind. That is so freaking powerful. That is how you take momentum home with you.
0: I think too, like just think about the catalyst for you creating an event the way that you have with Rise was witnessing not getting what you were hoping to be served Same at story. events when Absolutely. you were sitting in the audience. And so like for you, Hope, to be intuitive enough to appreciate that there was a way for you to have been served that wasn't happening from the conference that you were sitting in or other conferences that exist, and if it didn't exist that you can actually create the thing that doesn't exist and fill that white space. So many of the things that we're doing in our business are about filling white spaces. And you know, if someone listening has a passion to do something because they're frustrated that it doesn't exist out there, we are both, both of us as couples working in the uh, jobs that we have, <laughs> we're, we're people who had a, a, a calling to fill a space that didn't exist with something that we knew could deliver value. So good. What... Does, like, uh, you know, you still have your full-time jobs. You are teachers, and you are now pursuing this bigger thing.
2: And you have a little baby. And you have a tiny human. <laughs> How, yes.
0: So is is there, and like, this is one of those, like, I've, I've said this saying a lot lately, but, like, that God does not qualify, the, doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I mean, is there a part of you that is okay with chasing things that are stacking on top of each other because it will figure itself out as we as you go or is there a plan like I, I guess I'm trying to find out are you going to stay teaching every single day <laughs> do you have this do you have this you know like as a thing that you plan to like just keep doing or is building right. this resource for teachers a thing that feels like it could give way and have you having to transition out of what you've always done
1: Oh, it's a question that's actually a question that we get rather often. Um, and you know, Wade and I could easily make the move to be out of the classroom and do this full time 100 percent And actually, um, this year I did have to make that decision because believe it or not, y'all, um, raising a child is a full-time job. I don't know if y'all knew that.
3: <laughs>
1: I've heard. I mean, I know I've you heard. have you have four children yourself, yep. and so um it's actually a full-time job. And so People ask us all the time, how do you find, you know, work-life balance being a couple? And I said, well, if you have the answer to that, please let me know so that I can write a book on it and be a millionaire. Um, But what we do try to do is we set priorities and we hold each other accountable. And so this year, what I had to do, the hardest, one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make is I did have to decide to stay at home with Maverick because, you know, teaching is a full-time job. Get your teach on is a full time job. Maverick is a full time job. And I had to make a decision for our family to transition out of my role for a teacher for this season. It ate me up inside because Wade and I feel so strongly that if we're truly going to reach educators, we've got to know where they're coming from. We've got to be in this battle with them. And, you know, in my mind, I was sitting here just beating myself up about it saying, well, how are you going to reach other educators? How are you going to be, you know, it's almost like you're, you're being a fake because you're not doing the very same things that they're doing. And I actually um, got on Instagram and had told, you know, I was talking to all of my followers because I feel like my followers are my family. And I was telling, telling them that, you know, this year I've decided to transition out of the classroom. While I hope that it's just for a, a short season, um, this is something that's so hard for me. And I got super emotional, which I actually never do, um, or very rarely. But my followers, you know, reminded me of something they said, Hope, you're not in your own classroom, but you are in classrooms across this nation, across this world with the impact and the resources and the things that you're giving other educators. So while you might not be the teacher in that room or in that building, you've impacted teachers who are impacting students. And so you are still a teacher. And so um, that's something that was so powerful to me because you know it was really, like, like Wade said earlier, and like you guys understand 100%, when you're trying to, to leave your mark on the world and you're trying to be the change and make a change, sometimes you have to change as well. And so I had to remember that, you know, while this might be for a short season, I am still in that teacher role. I still can make an impact. Wade, however, is still in the classroom.
3: Yeah, I am. So, yeah, I, I am actually still in the classroom as hard as it is. Um, but uh, it's it's something that, that we that we love and, and hope didn't really touch on how much she, uh, she's missing the classroom. I mean, I see it every single day. I mean, she misses being with those kids and creating those lessons and having those aha moments and building those relationships with the students. And that's what it's all about. And at the root of what we do, that's, that's who we'll always be. But yes, I'm, I'm still in the classroom. I teach um, eighth grade. I step back from being an administrator and teacher. So this year I'm teaching eighth grade uh, history. But the school I work at, they're so awesome, super supportive of what Hope and I do. Um, they allow me the time to, to travel. To, we, we do public speaking events for different districts and professional development. Also, they're very, they're very supportive on our conferences and, and just any and everything um, that, that we do outside. But it, it definitely is hard because we got into this just to be teachers. We're not business people. I don't have a business degree. Neither does hope. I mean, we're just educators fulfilling our purpose and, and we're just going for it. Like, just like what you said earlier, when, when you feel like you have an idea, you jump on it, you've got to jump on it. You, you can't, you can't dwell on the fear of what might happen. If it's a passion of yours, if you're excited about it, you got to go all in and, if you do the best that you can, it, it, it'll probably be okay. I mean, you you have to realize there's going to be mistakes along the way, but, um, just understanding that super, super important. And, um, I think I'm not sure what the future holds for us, but we, we definitely love teaching. And um, I mean, you
1: have to remember where your motivation comes from because I feel like that could be the number one way that you would lose that stamina, lose that fire to really continue on the journey of what you're trying to do. And for us, our motivation, 100% truly is our students and the kids that we work with every single day. And so um, I, you know, in my heart, feel like we will always be in a classroom to some degree, some way, shape, or form, just again, because if we want to truly help teachers, we've got to be relevant and understand exactly what they're they're feeling. And not only that, our, our motivation truly lies in our students. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean I remember when I first met you guys, my like my heart, I have such a massive heart for entrepreneurs. So as soon as I met you and understood the scope of what you had created and saw the potential that was there, I was like, "What are you guys doing? How are you scaling this? Who's your team?" Are you and you were like, "We're No, we're teachers. Like we're literally <laughs> in the classroom right now and this is just and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so incredible." There is such massive potential in front of you, and I'm going to be the mentor and friend who keeps speaking this truth into your life that your ultimate like your ultimate blessing and your ultimate legacy is so much bigger than the classroom. And there's like the classroom that you guys are in is so powerful and important because I understand as a former student and as a mama, what it means to have a a teacher with passion and heart who cares about a child and the legacy that that is, that is beautiful. But you have tapped into something, the response from the people in your audience is not A normal thing like you have figured something out I I think of this in the same way that with our conferences people were like what the actual heck is going on how (laughs) and that is totally your space like you you found a way to meet people where they are not where someone said like oh this is how we should have a you know a teaching conference or whatever you were like well I'm a teacher and that's not how I learn or that's not how I want to experience this or that's not the passion or the joy or the deep bass beat that I want to be <laughs> part of my conference what? right you're on to something and I think of this as like you you can you can touch those individual lives which it, you know if that's your choice, that is a beautiful freaking choice. But you have the ability to step back and exactly what your community told you hope you have the ability to do work that educates the educators, that makes them feel empowered, that makes them feel strong. And then the tentacles of your legacy are so much greater and bigger than they would be where you are now. Like when you have the opportunity to step up, like that's the calling, man. That like sorry. I I Is this turning uh, into a business? This is it, a business it, yes.
0: like we're, we're, I'm it's, it's an intervention. About the, what like, is happening I, here? Th- I
2: did this with y'all when I met you too. He did. It's and, true. And it's not I don't like go around and like harass people in this way, but <laughs> I I have an intuition and what you have created because it's so different than what anyone else is doing and because you can feel a palpable energy of how much your audience needed that. It what right. it's not a it's not a want. It's not this is a nice thing. This is like a we are exhausted. We need someone to pour into us. We need someone to celebrate us. You've done it. Do you know how crazy it is? You do. <laughs> to go from 250 to 4500 in a few years. That's bananas, you guys. Like, yeah, I mean, it is. You gotta, yeah. you gotta. I'm gonna keep like finally one day you're gonna be like, oh, okay, you know. But I don't, like,
3: I don't like you at all right now.
2: Yeah, I'm like you. You're. i you 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 are
3: thinking really hard.
2: Oh, are you guys coming to Rise Business Conference? did We are. Yes, so good, excited. Done. Done. We are so done. excited. That we will light your hearts on fire. We're going to
0: bring your you guys on stage and do the same thing in front of an entire room of people. <laughs> no,
2: because it's about, I think that, I really do think that, you know, anybody, me, Dave, you guys, like, when you have this ability to kind of level up into an area that not only do you not know anyone who's done it, but you don't even know like a story of someone who's built what you've built. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you have other teachers you can talk to who are like, oh, yeah, I built this crazy thing and it totally worked. And people responded, right? That's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It is. And when something is overwhelming like that, I think human instinct is to take your foot off the gas pedal. When the reality is that, like, you are called for something great. And it, it requires the courage to believe that that thing is possible and step into it. So yeah, we're going to do our level best to just light your hearts on fire for the impact that you're going to have in this world because you are doing something awesome and you need to scale that.
0: I think that, th- I mean, like the thing I just keep latching onto, it's the, like, it's not a thing that they want. It's a thing that they need. Like creating a room where you can bring people who have like mind, like needs set and s- like serve them on a wide scale in a way that makes them feel seen and makes them feel not alone in the things that they're struggling with that is one of the most unique things that can exist in this planet and yeah. so it's the reason why you know the things i think that we're doing with our conferences are working it's the reason why religion works it's the re- like, like you get people together with a similar set of beliefs and give them a feeling of belonging and a feeling of being heard.
2: And the tools to make and change. And the
0: tools to make change. And they Absolutely. And they will believe in an ability to go out and do the things that you are suggesting in a way that they would not have otherwise maybe believed if they were left on their own to try and figure it out themselves. So there's something awesome in what you're doing. And to, if if someone is listening and they are a teacher and they... Do not have any concept of what we're talking about where do you where where would someone go just to even find out about the upcoming slate of events that you have is there a website or something
1: yeah definitely so wade and i are very active on social media and um i am you can find me at hey hope king and he is hey wade king how about that um (laughs) <laughs> and then we also have obviously our conference webpage which is www.getyourteachon.com and you can find out about our upcoming conferences there as well and just one more additional resource, um, Wade and I kind of house all of our resources for teachers and you know materials that, that you possibly might want to implement in your classroom at um, hopeandwayking.com so you can find teaching resources, free resources to implement in your classroom, subscriptions,
3: subscriptions chats,
1: yeah as well as um, you know our conference locations and upcoming events that's yeah.
0: awesome okay so let me ask you this rachel hollis and i we spend 23 and a <laughs> half hours uh, a day together the the half hour that we're not together best half hour of my day <laughs> Shut up. Um,
1: Shut
2: up. that's
0: a lie uh, it, uh i'm wondering you guys are working together uh, you know like when you're teaching you're in separate classrooms but you're you're chasing this massive impact together and you've been doing it now for a handful of years Are there things that you've learned in working together that if there's a listener that's, you know, thinking about pursuing some big old dream with their partner or someone who's currently working with their partner, you might be able to gift them with something that you figured out that keeps you still wanting to create humans?
1: Wait, wait, how long is this podcast? No, I mean, you know, people working together, everybody's like, how can you work together? How can you do this? How do you make this work? And I mean, first of all, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, it ain't easy. Yeah, Like, nope, the job ain't easy. And you know, truthfully, when you, you know, one thing that I learned early on in marriage that I kind of had to relearn when we got into business together is when you say for better or worse, you truly mean that. And it takes work and it takes daily work. And, you know, um, the same is true, just a marriage in general. But then you throw a business into it and then you throw a baby into it. We won't even get into that part. Um, but. Just working together on a daily basis, you know, we had some rough times there because what we found is that we never shut it down, like we never shut it off. And I would look at Wade sometimes and say, you know what? We aren't even husband, wife. We're just business partners. And this is not okay. Like it's not That's okay the worst feeling.
3: That's yeah. I'm, yeah. I would hate that so much to choose the
1: business or to choose, you know, really true. Cause you kind of sugarcoat it by saying, well, we're trying to make a difference in the world. So it's okay. Hmm. You know, we can be like this for a little while, but finally, you know, Wade kind of said, stop. This, this is it. It is, we've got to get our priorities back in order. It has got to be our marriage for first God, for us, you know, our, Mm -hmm. our faith and then, and then our marriage and one another, and then this business can come into play. And we just kind of had to kind of refocus everything and set priorities, but here's the thing about setting priorities is you have to have that accountability partner. Well, who better of accountability, an accountability partner than your spouse when you're working together? And so that's when we started finding things that we were interested in. You know, fitness for us, exercise for us is something that we love to do. And we made that a priority in our lives again. And we said every day we're going to focus on this and we're going to hold each other accountable. The same is true of church because um, I'm sad to say that, you know, when bu- the business started kind of going crazy we even found ourselves saying, well, you know, our mission field doesn't just have to be in the four walls of a church, but for us, that's where we were getting fed. Mm-hmm. And so we had to set that priority every Sunday, unless we're out of town, we are in church together. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how we really yeah. found the best success for our relationship to be able to make this business successful is to number one, feed ourselves. But number two, to feed each other and to find outlets outside of the business that you can grow and build a relationship on and have a conversation about that doesn't surround, you know, teaching and education, like you said, Dave, for, you know, what, 30 minutes a day. Um, And so that's kind of something that we did is just establish those priorities and stick to it. You have to. It's like what Rachel says a lot is making a promise to yourself and keeping it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we decided to do. Make a promise to each other and to truly keep it. And that's kind of what marriage is all about. But. In the business world it's hard
3: and 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 with those priorities just measurable goals with those as well i mean but yeah. also understanding each other knowing that that she's a totally different person than i am and with that with the business part that, that that brings different interests and different talents and we all have those and understanding and respecting those and using those for the benefit and that's why our conference grows so much is because she pours in something completely different than I pour into to the business and to the conference and to the public speaking. But we, we do have great friends that we surround ourselves with that with their background, they're using it, too. And so understanding that, listening to each other and just knowing that the best is meant from your spouse 24-7, if, if, if you think that then it's going to become a mindset and you're not going to have as many arguments and as many many frustrations. It's still going to come, obviously.
1: But assume the best. That's one of the the things that we try to do all the time is assume the best in one another. Uh,
2: So just because I know so many teachers listen to this podcast and are listening to you and your wisdom matters so much to them. um, You had mentioned working out, but I would love if you could share, what are some of the things that y'all did as educators to take care of yourself on, on the daily, not just like once a month, I, you know, remember to take a nap, but what are some of the things that you do on the daily to take care of yourself so that you're able to go in and pour into your students?
3: Yeah. I mean, um, with, with us, I mean, individually, I mean, you obviously have to take care of yourself and, um, we're just consistent about praying. Um, we're consistent about, um, making sure throughout the week that, that we do have those measurable goals that if, If we're going to work out, we're going to take care of our bodies. We're only given one body. And if you don't take care of your body, if you don't eat like you're supposed to, if you don't exercise like you're supposed to, you're not going to have enough energy to be able to pour into your students. But um, it's one of those things to where hope doesn't require a lot of sleep i do and so she realizes that and she says wait you need to go to bed so what do i do (laughs) i go to bed i'm like yes awesome but um i'm not a morning person she is a morning person she i mean understanding each other and then then also having that accountability partner and if you're not married i mean you got to have a friend hope's best friend lives in the state of texas they talk all the time but they hold each other accountable you have to find somebody that will hold you hold your butt to the fire when it needs to be held to the fire, but then also build you up when you need to be built up. And I think if you're able to do that, you're, you're able to give that energy to your students every single day. Um, but just know that you're 100 percent. Is not going to be. 100 percent every single day, if you don't take care of yourself.
1: I mean, for me, definitely setting you know realistic expectations of myself. When I was a young teacher, um, and still as a human being, I, I struggle with anxiety. It's something I've always had to fight, and as an educator, that became like you know a huge percentage higher because what I found is that I was always striving to be the perfect teacher, and I don't even know why I was striving for that because. Um, definitely there is no such thing as a perfect teacher, a perfect human being, a perfect wife, a perfect sister, you know, all of the things. Um, But I had to set realistic goals for myself and remember that, you know, every single day is another step in the direction towards what I'm trying to achieve. I don't have to achieve all of that in one day. And so just really setting realistic expectations. And one of the best things that I learned to take care of myself, and it's the hardest thing that I that I do but I found with more practice, it becomes easier, and that is simply saying no. Mm-hmm. As an educator, as a as a wife, as a sister, whatever it may be, you don't have to do it all, and you can certainly ask for help. Asking for help doesn't make you a weak human being; it actually makes you strong because it shows, you know, that you you understand your downfalls, you understand your shortcomings. And I had to learn as an educator how to say no, and that you know what, even if I said no to this amazing lesson that uh, this idea that I had, that that time will come. It'll come when I can do that amazing lesson. Um, Being a mom actually has made me realize the value of that as well, because I, I have to pour so much into Maverick. And so I have to say no to other things. But you know what? The world goes on, everything continues, and you can still keep striving for your goals while taking care of yourself and recognizing that you do have to sometimes just sit back Take care of you. Take your focus off of whatever that goal is for that moment. It's always going to be waiting right there for you. Um, So so, yeah, that's just some ways that I try to mentally take care of myself, because that's where I I feel weak sometimes is that mental aspect.
0: The one good thing is I just got word from the baby naming committee, and you guys won. So congratulations! Yes,
3: first, Thank you. yeah,
0: first prize. It's a weird trophy. It hasn't been around for a long time. Yeah. Most people are not familiar with it, but it's in the mail. So look well, for I'm it. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. I'm honored.
2: Thank you. It is. It's.
0: I love that name. Good work.
2: Dave's first car was a
0: Maverick, a 1972 oh, Ford yeah, Maverick, that's... 302 in the hood.
2: When he heard you say oh. it, he like startled. He got American
0: flag on the roof. Yes. so great.
1: this has yes. a personal yeah.
2: connection. Um, I, if I'm curious because we have been in public schools with our kids that were like our public schools where we live are so amazing. And we've been in schools that maybe didn't feel as amazing. And, uh, both my sister-in-laws are teachers. So we have some experience hearing about what they've walked through. And if you are listening to this and you're a teacher and you, let's say that you're in a school where you don't sort of have this energy you're having trouble finding other teachers who maybe feel like you feel joyful and you know if you're kind of the only one who's excited and new and um it there can be this attitude from an older guard of like oh honey give it a couple years and then you'll it's let's say that you're trying to bring new life into the school that you're in or or create a community of other teachers or how would you go about forming like A club sounds so ridiculous, but like if you're a young educator and you're listening to this and your school doesn't have the resources or the community or whatever, and you're trying to build a community with the other teachers, are there some things that you guys would recommend to create that yourself if you can't find it?
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what, you know, Get Your Teach On is all about. We actually, um, because of this very reason, we have talked to educators who, they're the only persons, only persons, the only one in their building that's thinking in this direction or thinking outside of the box or wanting to really make education a place where kids want to be every day and not just where they have to be. And so that's kind of why we created the Get Your Teach On community. And we actually um, hosted something just last week called Rock Your School. And it's an initiative that we launched two years ago where we said, you know what, Let's do this as educators from all across the country and all across the world, let's come together and show that a community doesn't just have to be inside your school building. And so the very first year that we launched this, we had right at 30,000 educators participate. And this year we had over 50,000 educators participate. And what we've heard from educators is this. I might be the only one in my building, but when I get on social media and I follow the hashtag rock your school and I see that there are educators all across the country and the world, we had educators in Jordan and we had educators in Nigeria and Australia participate. They said, you know what? I don't feel alone. And that's what we want teachers to see because while Wade and I might not be able to go in their buildings and create that community for them, they can be kind of the starting point.
0: All right, I have a question, real time, dad of uh, small boys who love technology. Technology is creating a lot of advances in education, but technology is also creating kids who've just played Fortnite all night coming into your classroom. What, like, what as an educator is your perspective on the pros and cons? It, like, as a, if you were to t- talking now just to parents, not teachers, What would you say to the parents who are listening who have kids and they like technology? What impact is that technology having on your ability to teach their kids?
1: You know, I mean, Wade and I really feel like, believe it or not, and this is two educators saying this, not every child is made for college. Nor do you have to go to college to be successful. Now, I'm not saying that we don't try to encourage kids right. to go to college. Right. You know, um, I don't know if y'all watch America's Got Talent. I don't know if that's y'all's thing or not. But we, um, there is, was a contestant this season, and his name was Cody Lee. And he actually was blind and autistic. And his mom got him on the show, and it's just this amazing story. Um, she said, what I, what I saw in him is that he's not like every other child. When I look at him, I see a performer and he sat down at the piano. And when I tell you that my jaw hit the floor, I cried for like a good solid hour straight. I don't know if it's the pregnancy hormones or, you know, motherhood (laughs) or whatever. Um, But something that she said stuck with me and he said, and she said, Cody was not made to do what everybody else does. And that's what we call a standard. And so many times in education, there are these standards that we have to meet. And while we are there to teach scholars and to teach students, you know, that academic side, I think one of our biggest things that we have to focus on as educators and the success of every child is to help them find their purpose. And within those standards, you know, while we're teaching those standards. And so for Cody Lee, it was the fact that he was an artist. And so I even have a similar story with a student who um, she was actually dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And I did a project where they had to create Lego mazes and um, they had to swap and they had to give feedback. And when she swapped her Lego maze, the student, her partner was like, well, I don't even understand how you solve this maze. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense because the entire thing was enclosed. Well, that student saw that the board, the Lego board that she was working with was transparent and she created the Lego maze upside down. And, you know, what would standards say about students like Cody Lee or students who struggle, you know, with, with a disability or, you know, something, an area of weakness standards might say that that child is a disaster when actually, in fact, they're a genius. And so, In regards to technology, I think as educators, we don't need to necessarily fight it so much. We need to figure out how to incorporate it into our lessons. Um, Wade and a lot of teachers that we've worked with, they've actually incorporated, you know, the concept of Fortnite into math and into social studies. And so like Wade said earlier, we've got to be studied up on our kids' interests. And if that's what's going to excite them about school, I I taught reading for the longest time. And you know what? I had so many reluctant readers If Fortnite was what they were about, I'm going to find a book on Fortnite because I'm
0: still reading. So good.
1: Yeah, it reminds me. So
2: our son is in middle school. He's in seventh grade. And the other night, his homework for history was there was he got a piece of paper and it was an image of an iPhone, like a blank iPhone. Mm -hmm. And his job was they had been studying Cortez and he Mm -hmm. had to make an Instagram post. Based on something that they learned. Heck yeah. And and it was, now he doesn't have Instagram, he doesn't have social, but he understands enough of it. It was the most creative. It was. Awesome. I know he's my kid, but I am still <laughs> laughing. The hashtags, the hashtags, and the emojis he created. at like Cortez, and he's conquering. Like it was so. And the other explorers who commented. I okay. I know I'm lame because this is my kid, but I thought <laughs> it was so clever. And I freaking loved that his teacher let him explore history in a way that was relevant to him. Because he doesn't have Instagram, but he thought it was so cool that he got to draw one. I just, I love that. I thought it was so clever. Shout out to his history teacher. Good
0: work, history teacher. Y'all, teachers are changing the world. Have always changed the world. They have always changed the world, but if you need a reminder, this is the reminder right here on this dang episode (laughs) that teachers are changing the world. And Hope and Wade, you two are changing the world, not just by your teaching but you are changing the world on a magnitudinally bigger stage with what you're doing inside of the conference space and everything with Get Your Teach On. So um, thank you. Thank you on behalf of every teacher that you're blessing and the teachers who have been blessed in the way that they're able to take what they have received from you and bring it to their classrooms. Um, you're having a rippling effect of impact that will last literally for generations. So keep it well,
3: up.
1: We're honored that this gets to be what we get to do every day. That's
3: right. That's right. Thank a teacher, love a teacher. Yeah,
0: for sure. Good work. And in, in, in uh, to end this, Rachel's now going to give you a tough love session about how you have to do more. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shut up. No. Stop. it on, girl. That's so on. terrible. No, guys, hey, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate um, you taking time out of your day and away from the baby and away from work to, to share with us. And we know the things that you've said have really blessed the audience and hopefully uh, given them some, some perspective that maybe they didn't have before. So thank you. Well, thank thank you. you
1: so much for having us. It was yeah. such an honor to be able to share with you guys. And we just, we look up to you guys so much as, as mentors and role models and, and you just guys great are people. incredible things. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We, we we can't thank you enough because we know how busy you guys are and just really, really appreciate the love that you've given us. So thank you so much.
0: We're going to dance it out in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. y'all.
1: Yes, we cannot wait.